Hello everyone and welcome to yet another episode of Hot Takes with CNN. I am M and I am so glad to be back today. Life has definitely been crazy a little bit. College life has been crazy and I was sick for like a week and a half. So yeah, long journey to get back here, but finally here. So let's go ahead and get right into it for today with what we're going to talk about. So week eight NFL, so we're going to go ahead and do our weekly breakdown of the games and just talk about what we saw basically. So Bucks at Bills. Buccaneers played a hell of a game. They just had a lot of different miscues. And Baker definitely missed Mike Evans on that one touchdown pass for sure. That was definitely a touchdown had you know Mike Evans caught. And then there was another in- instance where, you know, it kind of just fell right through his hand. So there was just there was definitely many opportunities for the Buccaneers to win that game and it should not have came down to, you know, the last couple of seconds. But, you know, ultimately they played a hell of a game. It was a great game to watch. Um, you know, great Thursday night football because we, you know, haven't had some good Thursday night football games in a minute. So that was a good, very good Thursday night football game. Uh the Bills, they you know, the Bills did what they were supposed to do, you know, beat up on the Buccane- Buccaneers. They kind of showed you know, their strength, their power, kind of what you expect from the Bills because sometimes they, they have these great, great games and then they have these games where they kind of fall off and you're like, what happened to the Bills type type thing? So I hope this is like a get-right game for them essentially. And going into this week, you know, I think we should be able to see something else from them. But, you know, it's ultimately going to come down to, you know, who they're playing and things like that. Um, But, you know, the Bills are the Bills. <laughs> And it looks like the Bills are playing the Bengals this week. So that's going to be a big test for them. A lot bigger of a test than the Buccaneers simply because, you know, the Bengals have been able to come on strong these past couple of weeks. So it's going to be a big test for them to see kind of where the Bills are at and if they are more so on the team that we're looking at as a Super Bowl contender or if they're a Super Bowl pretender. Getting into the Jets and Giants, I mean, I don't really think anybody expected too much from this, but I will admit that Zach Wilson played a hell of a game. He did put his team in a position to win to get the field goal at the very end of the game and then led them to get the game-winning field goal in overtime. So good job for that. The defense has always been great, which has always been their quarterback, but the quarterback has been pretty solid these past couple of weeks, and they've been able to string up some wins Excuse me, pretty easily, so... I think that's been pretty exciting for that organization. I mean, there's something, there's definitely some excitement that Aaron Rodgers can still come back potentially. But, you know, obviously with these Achilles injuries, we probably will not be seeing him. You know, he'll probably just continue to be on the sideline, kind of being like a coach, just kind of being, you know, president, things of that nature, but not actually, you know, getting out there and playing. I don't believe anybody's going to expect that, you know. But he's had a hell of a recovery so far. The Giants, Giants are just the Giants. There's really nothing more to really say about that. I mean, they did lose uh, Tyrod Taylor in this game. Daniel Jones already not playing, so they were down to like their third string quarterback. Um, but the Giants are basically the Giants had, have not really went anywhere in several seasons, and this is just pretty much another loss season for them. They did they did play really well last season, you know, when Daniel Jones kind of was able to turn the corner. But Daniel Jones has obviously regressed, and he's well, Daniel Jones, you know. Tyrod Taylor was able to bring a little bit of life to that team and the offense and things like that. But, you know, it's not really been anything extraordinary that's led to a whole lot of wins and things of that nature. So don't really expect the Giants to really do anything else. They're going to probably be in contention for a top 10, top 5 pick. And that'll be that. (laughs) 
They just try to, you know, not mess up their draft position at this point. Jaguars at the Steelers. Uh, Jaguars have definitely taken that next step under Doug Peterson. You know, Trevor Lawrence has looked really, really good. And it's Calvin Ridley after being away for a year because of the, you know, the gambling and sports betting, you know, issues and things like that has come back and looked really, really good. And, you know, the pieces of them re-signing Evan Ingram and then still having Christian Kirk, you know, and having Travis Etienne, you know, all of that's really coming together. And they have a really solid line as well. So look for the Jaguars to definitely be, you know, to definitely win their division first and foremost, but also just to be some really serious players come playoff time. And, you know, they're, I don't believe that they're going to go that far in the playoffs, but I think uh, first – First round win and even potentially a second round win is more is more than feasible and reasonable as well. Steelers, I mean, you know, offense has looked pretty lethargic. <laughs> to be honest, it's kind of been hit and miss. Uh, Kenny Pickett really hasn't taken that next step. He's kind of just looked kind of average, you know, more than anything. But the Steelers, the Steelers have have been able to be pretty solid, um, you know under Mike Tomlin, you know, since he's been the coach. So I'm sure they're going to be able to figure that out, you know, as an organization and everything. But it's, other than that, it's just been kind of, you know, pretty bad. <laughs> However, when they did play their Thursday night football game, they looked a lot better with, you know, Matt Canada coming from the booth to being on the sideline. So maybe that's what they need to do going forward because that did result in them winning a game. And they looked a lot better. You know, it was a very, very competitive Thursday night football game. So... We'll have to see, you know, that going forward. Eagles at Commanders. Commanders played their tails off. They just weren't able to beat the Eagles at the end. But I do think that this says that the Eagles are vulnerable. <laughs> and, you know, if you find the right spots, then they're a very beatable team. As the Jets were able to find out as, you know, they are the Eagles' one loss on their record. But, you know, the Commanders have played a hell of a game whenever they've played the Eagles. You know, Sam Howell has thrown you know, numerous touchdown passes on him. He's actually looked pretty good this season. You know, they do have the pieces there to make something happen. I do think Eric Bianium, you know, being the OC has been a huge help and they've been able to kind of change life and change that culture a little bit to where they're scoring a whole lot more points on offense than they were ever doing before. And they're able to use the pieces a lot more effectively. The Eagles are, you know, one of the top teams in the league. We already know that from top to bottom quarterback to all the way down to safety. So we're not really surprised that they've been able to make moves even at the trade deadline as well, which we will be getting into, you know, to just kind of strengthen that even more. So the Eagles are going to always be a top team as long as they have Jalen Hurts as a quarterback and A.J. Brown, who we are pretty much seeing as like an MVP candidate at this point. Getting into the Rams and Cowboys, Cowboys completely demolished the Rams. Um, it was a really complete game by the Cowboys, which is something you do not see a whole hell of a lot of they do not play a whole lot of complete games but it was a very complete game from offense to defense to special teams so it was really really nice to see what it looks like when everything comes together I think this is probably the most comfortable that Dak has looked in this kind of Dallas West Coast offense or whatever they want to call it um, since Mike McCarthy has has taken over the play calling duties and ultimately it was the strongest that Mike McCarthy has coached a game you know so you know, I think it's good to finally see that come together. And then obviously the defense is going to be the defense. You know, it's good to see Deron Bland be able to step up and you got another pick six. So, you know, even though we did have a huge loss of Trayvon Diggs, you know, Deron Bland has been able to step up, step off Gilmore, some of the other pieces. 
you know, the front seven have been able to really come together to still be a still be applying pressure and ultimately still make us one of the top defenses. The Rams have been playing very well. I mean, they had that superstar duo or star duo for sure, you know, in Puka and then definitely, you know, superstar in Cooper Cup, you know, at the wide receiver position. So, but they kind of got shut down by Dallas's D. Just kind of was a lot of suppression, <laughs> essentially, you know. Um, but they did play, you know, they played well enough. I mean, they still got 20 points on the board. So, I mean, that's still a, a big, pretty big accomplishment. Stafford still was out there, and, you know, doing everything that he needs to do and everything. Um, got a little banged up a little bit, but I mean, that's, that's just what that's just what happens, you know, playing football and what happens week in and week out. So, you know, but the Rams still look really good. I mean, they still do have Aaron Donald on the other side. So, you know, they're still going to be able to be in to pretty much everything regardless. You know, running game kind of is lacking a little bit, but I do believe that they will be able to get together because that's still a young offensive line, you know. It's definitely leaps and bounds um, different than it was when they won the Super Bowl a couple years back and they was like F and picks, you know. Now those picks are very important because they continue to kind of retool and rebuild a little bit. Vikings Packers, I mean, it was a very sad game, you know, at the end because Kirk Cousins went down with you know season-ending injury and the Achilles so Achilles so prayers up for Kirk to be able to come back because he was playing some of the best, you know, football of his career, and you know he really had the Vikings extremely extremely competitive for sure. So it's really really sad to see how it all kind of came crumbling down essentially because Kirk was playing. Awesome. Even with the loss of Justin Jefferson, you know, with his injury, he was going to come back and be able to make them just that much better. And that's why they pretty much probably didn't sell at the trade deadline, you know. But then he went down with this injury, unfortunately, you know. But they did, you know, make a move at the trade deadline to kind of solidify, you know, at least help the position a little bit. But you can't replace what Kirk was doing, you know. Wallen has weighed over 4,000 yards and over 20, 20, 25 touchdowns. I mean, you know, as much flack as Kirk is, he's a hell of a quarterback. Packers, on the other hand, you know, they don't really know what they have in their quarterback. Honestly, they're still trying to figure out as they do move, continuously move further away from the Rodgers era and go into the Love era, essentially. He's had some bright spots, had some bright moments, but not what I think they would have expected for someone who sat behind a future Hall of Famer, you know, for three plus seasons, you know, and, you know, kind of very slow progression. So I do think that he's going to be kind of on a short leash, essentially, um, as they as they go over these next couple of games that they do have. Because, you know, you, you, you expect so much from that position. That's a top that's the top position. <laughs> you got if you don't have a quarterback, you know you're not going to be be able to be competitive in this league ultimately. So, it's hopefully they'll be able to find that answer in him. But if not, you know then they'll have to unfortunately move on. I mean they you know they don't really have a whole lot on that side of the ball with them because they're all very young. They're still unproven essentially, and they're still learning. You know, still learning how to acclimate to NFL life, and that takes time. So maybe they will give him the grace to, you know, be able to work in this offense, you know, at least another year or so just to kind of build up the rapport, rapport with, you know, his teammates, his younger receivers, things like that. You know, and then they do still have Aaron Jones 
and AJ Dillon back there as well. So that should help ease the pressure off of him a little bit. And they still do have Jared Alexander on defense, you know. But you can't expect the defense to do it all. Um, so we'll just have to continue to see how that develops. Falcons at Titans. So, you know, Will Levis, he had a hell of a game. Four touchdown passes. We got to see DeAndre Hopkins, you know, come back to life essentially because we wasn't really sure if he still had it. But he definitely proved that he still had it. No doubt about that at all. He definitely showed he still had it and he was still that guy. So um they had a good game and, you know, they proved why they weren't sellers at the deadline themselves. You know, they kinda came but crashing down back to earth a little bit when they played you know the Steelers and everything like that. But, you know, I do think that they're gonna only go up from here. I do think that they found a quarterback or at least a potential quarterback of the future and they're definitely gonna give him the rest of the season to, you know, see where he can see what he can do and what he can go. Now, the Falcons on the other side, I do believe that they have found out that Desmond Ritter is not that guy. Um, I think they're going to have to probably roll out with him. Well, actually, they're probably not going to roll out with him the rest of the season. They actually said Taylor Heineke will be starting this this week. So I think Desmond Ritter's kind of over. <laughs> I think they have seen enough. And, you know, Taylor Heineke, you know, we got to see him play some amazing games when he was in Washington, especially that game in the playoffs that – really, you know, had them really competitive against the Bucs when Tom Brady was still there. So, you know, Taylor Heineke is a a good quarterback in his own right. So it's going to be interesting to see what he can do with that team and all that talent that they have, you know, Kyle Pitts and Drake London and, you know, Bajon Robinson, you know. So we'll be able to see what, you know, they can do um, and everything. But I don't think Desmond Ritter's going to be their quarterback answer of the future. But who knows, you know, we'll see. But... I don't. I think they. I think they're done. <laughs> I think they've seen enough. Patriots and Dolphins. So you know, not really too much to say here. Dolphins obliterated the Patriots. Patriots are pretty much in no man's land. They're having quarterback issues of their own. You know, not really sure if Mac is really the answer because um, he hasn't looked all that good. <laughs> Sorry, my Patriots fans, but he hasn't looked that good. He's kind of just looked, you know below average, you know, but then the whole offense has looked below average. I mean, they don't really have a whole lot of talent, really. I mean, they did bring Juju Smith-Schuster there to kind of be their wide receiver one, but he has not really done a whole lot of anything since he's been there, to be completely honest. Um, You know, Kendrick Bourne was up there, but it's kind of hard when you do have, you know, skill position players and, you know, or at least some talent out there, and you're not really able to get them the ball, you know. They did bring Zeke up there. They did have Ramondre Stevenson, but you know Zeke's looked you know as good as he can. He can good. He he can look. I mean, he definitely has shown that he can still play ball. You know, for sure. Which I mean, I think we all knew that just wasn't at the price tag he was signed at. You know, that was I think that was the main problem. But Patriots just you know they they're not. I don't expect them to really do a whole lot the rest of this season, and they just have not looked good overall. So they they they'll be they'll be in line for a, a top pick top fifteen pick for sure. Dolphins on the other hand, you know they're definitely you know running away with it. They have been one of the best teams in the league, one of the most exciting teams to watch for sure. You know we've been able to see Tua you know in a new light. You know that he can really play some ball, <laughs> and that he is definitely one of those people that's in line to be an MVP candidate. So. Yeah, Tua Tyreek is going to always be a very dangerous combination. And shout out to Ramon, um, Raheem Mostert. <laughs> you know, he has been on a tear with a touchdown. So if you have him on fantasy, I'm sure you have been doing very, very well. <laughs> so 
He has been in the end zone, I mean, shoot, every week. <laughs> so he's been playing he's been playing some serious ball and then, you know, the Dolphins defense just got a boost with Jalen Ramsey returning, so they they the Dolphins just got a lot more dangerous essentially. The Saints at the Colts, so uh Colts, you know, they they've lost a little bit of life every now ever since Anthony Richardson went down because that was their excitement. That's the quarterback of the future for them, of course. But you know, Gardner Minshew is coming. He's played some very nice ball for me. He's been able to make some things happen. Um, not got, really got a whole lot of targets to Michael Pittman, which is like one of their top you know receivers and everything like that. But I think it's just gonna take time when the when the the real QB one, I guess you could say, comes back. But like I said, Gardner Minshew has you know played some ball. He'll definitely get some looks. He definitely looks like he can, you know, be a bridge quarterback like he kind of did when he was in Jacksonville. Excuse me. And when he was in Philly, when he played a couple of games, you know, spot starter, that type of stuff. Because he does have, he does, he is really good now. He is really good. But I mean, that's, that's not, that's not what they set their sights in the future, of course, you know. Their, their futures in Anthony Richardson. And then obviously getting Jonathan Taylor back and seeing, you know, him because making that return back to being Jonathan Taylor has been really awesome. So, but the Colts, I think, will be back more so next year than they will be this year. But they're gonna still probably they're gonna still be competitive. Of course, I mean, you know, they're every you know that's the goal is still be very competitive, win games at the end of the day. You want to win. Saints, you know, up and down season. <laughs> you know, Kamara's been fantastic. Michael Thomas has had a little bit of a resurgence. Derek Carr has looked kind of up and down, like a roller coaster, and looked really, really good. And other times you're like, yeah, I get why the Raiders said that was enough. Um, but then the Raiders, you know, that's a whole different story with them, right? Um, yeah, I mean, there's not really a whole lot to say there. Saints have always had an incredible defense, you know, with Cam Jordan and... Um, I cannot think of the guy's name right now. <laughs> Uh, corner and linebacker cannot think of their names right now but you know they've always had a very solid defense so the offense has kind of you know been lacking since you know Drew Brees retired and stuff because they had to kind of you know take a step back a little bit um you know they did have Jameis in there I mean Jameis is still there he's you know being the ultimate teammate and things like that but yeah Derek Carr really has just just been kind of okay (laughs) Uh, Texas Panthers, Texans and Panthers. So, you know, Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers finally able to get their first win. So they're no longer a winless team. They were able to show some resilience. Uh, Bryce Young was able to show that, you know, the game is kind of slowing down for him a little bit. So he was able to show some improvement. And, yeah, they play a really good game overall. I mean, the Texans have kind of been one of the, not the hotter teams, but they've looked good under D'Amico Ryans and with C.J. Stroud and things like that. So it was rookie on rookie, basically. But it was, you know, a battle we'll be looking to see for the next several several years, you know, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Texas, on the other hand, you know, they played a hell of a game, you know. But it just wasn't enough at the end. But they're building something really, really special down there in Houston you know, definitely excited to see it as it continues to grow and develop and kind of have a similar situation like they had in Jacksonville. You know, now that they have a coach, you know, they have their quarterback in place. Now the, now the coach and the quarterback can work, you know, to really get to where they want to be. And I think we'll start seeing a lot of strides, you know, 
the second year of the D'Amico Ryan and C.J. Stroud era as they get a couple more pieces to come down there. But they've played really, really well. So definitely on the lookout for Houston as a team on the rise. Brown Seahawks. Seahawks, they play good. You know, Geno Smith, you know, did his thing and everything. Tyler Lockett, DK, everybody came together. You know, they won, they won a pretty good – they run a pretty close game. I mean, 20-24, you know. But they, they did, you know, Jackson Smith Nabinga was able to finally, you know, arrive a little bit and, you know, help out a lot. So Seahawks played a good ram. I mean, you know, they, I expect the Seahawks to do that, especially on a Browns team that, you know, is severely, you know, undermanned essentially. You know, Deshaun Watson is not playing right now or anything because of you know, his own entries and things like that. But Seahawks look really good, but they always, always are always very competitive under Pete Carroll regardless. You know, Geno Smith was has been able to show that he is a highly, you know, sought after quarterback and that he is deserving of everything that he got, basically. You know? That he that he can still that he can play basically, you know. Like he said last season, a lot of people didn't think he could play. They 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 wrote him off, and he didn't write back. You know, hey, <laughs> man, he can play some ball. Browns on the other hand, you know, like I said, they were suffering from some injuries. Deshaun Watson's not playing right now, obviously. Um, but you know, the Browns have just kind of been up and down. They've not really been all that good. You know, Deshaun hasn't looked all that good this year. With his, you know, shoulder injury, I believe it is. That's been bugging him. So, obviously, you know, you can't throw, then that's going to mess it up. And then he came back too early from an injury, and that really messed it up. So, yeah. <laughs> not not a whole lot to say about the Browns. They they kind of just in clown, clowning town right now. Excuse me. Then you we get over to the Bengals and 49ers. Bengals, like I said, have been on a tear. They've been red hot. Joe Burrow, Burr, has been able to figure it out. And the Bengals are back, essentially, you know. I don't know what they was doing at the beginning of the season, but, hey, they didn't figure it out now. So that's really all that matters. You know, Jamar Chase, Mr. Always Open, he's always open. He's, he's improving that, you know. Joe Mixon, their their defense. I mean, they, they've been playing some ball these past couple of weeks. So, this and that's enough said on them. The Bengals are a threat now that they have finally woke up. 49ers, on the other hand, they've been kind of cold these past couple of weeks. You know, ever since they they beat Dallas and stuff, they've been on a losing streak. And, you know, kind of questions have been brought up. Is, you know, Brock Purdy really the answer? Can he really, you know, do what they say he can do? <laughs> you know, or is he really just a product of the system? You know? And some say that he even had a concussion. They let him out of concussion protocol. I mean, you know, and that definitely, you definitely beg to wonder because how on earth was he so healthy when he had just gotten a concussion protocol not even a week, you know, before they said he was healthy and okay again, you know. Concussions are, you know, definitely tricky because you can't, you know, it's not something like a shoulder, you know, a, an ankle or something like that. It's dealing with your brain, you know, in insider type of stuff. So you have to go to x-rays and make sure that you're able to, you know, do what you need to do. So it does, you know, did they rush him back? You know, who knows really, you know, who really knows? And they were dealing with some other injuries as well. So 49ers have a question mark right now, you know, what we'll to see how they kind of rebound, you know, 
and see, you know, really is Brock Purdy just a product of the system, really, you know. Chiefs at Broncos, so the Broncos won. Uh, Russell Wilson was going to play really well. And the Broncos, I think that, you know, that win, that basically helped them to not, you know, want to sell at the deadline, <laughs> essentially, as well. You know, they were able to play a pretty, pretty, pretty good game. I mean, you know, Patrick Mahomes was not feeling well, apparently, they say, you know, with an illness and everything like that. So, you know, but the Chiefs will definitely be back. There's no doubt about that. There's <laughs> so no doubt about that. The Chiefs are the Chiefs, and as long as they got Patrick Mahomes, then they will always be competitive, no matter what. <laughs> But the Broncos, you know, good game to them, GG, and good job for them to be able to win. Ravens with the Cardinals. Ravens played a very complete game. You know, Lamar Jackson proved that he's more than worth his money and that he can throw the ball. <laughs> you know, now he's not, he's more than just a running quarterback, essentially. And I think he's proven that always, definitely these weeks of the season, that he can just do more than just run. He's been winning a lot of these games with his arm, actually, because they actually do have some talent out there this year that is actually able to work with him. So, Cardinals, you know, they played tough. You know, they've been playing tough all year, though. Um, hasn't resulted in a whole lot of wins, but they definitely have been. They've been playing tough all year, though. Um, Kyler Murray is expected to be coming back very, very soon, so we're going to see how he plays in the new system and with his new coach. And how that works back in, ultimately. You know. Because Joshua Dobbs is no longer there. <laughs> they traded him to Minnesota after, you know, Kirk Cousins' injury. So. Chicago Bears at the Chargers. The Bears, yeah. <laughs> Justin Fields is out right now. They started their backup quarterback you know, who had a good game the previous week but you know kind of got introduced to a little bit more reality this the second go around I mean you know Khalil Mack and Joey Bones are a lot different different animals they're just different they're just different animals you know and that was a lot for him to take on he played he pretty okay you know but the Bears are just the Bears right now they still have a lot of rebuilding to do a lot of finding the right pieces and making sure that Justin Fields really is the answer quarterback for them and they you know they'll have to figure that out over the next couple of months but they're okay the Chargers you know they played a pretty decent game you know Justin Herbert was pretty 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 amazing obviously excuse me Keenan Allen and some of the other pieces they have Simi Fioko I believe I pronounced that I believe that's how it's pronounced you know he was able to get in there and get a touch and get a touchdown his very first career touchdown in the NFL, so that was very impressive for him. So congrats to him for that. But they played a very solid game. You know, the Chargers, they really did. Very solid and very balanced game. You know, Austin Eckler was pretty good, you know, as he always is. So, you know, they did their thing. That's really all you can say is they did their thing. Then we get to the Raiders line. So Raiders, yeah. <laughs> all fell apart for them, essentially. That was the last game that we saw. Jimmy G as a starting quarterback. Uh, Josh McDaniel was the head coach, and then the GM got fired as well. So, Jimmy G has been demoted to the bench, and Josh McDaniel and the GM have been fired. So, Raiders are kind of a dumpster fire right now, to say the least. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of different things going on in that organization, but you can't really argue with the logic of firing the coach and the GM. I mean, they weren't they weren't going anywhere. The team wasn't going anywhere. 
they were going in the wrong direction. Uh, and they, they had not been playing well, you know. They had not been playing well. They had brought Jimmy G there for some stability and things of that nature, but he hadn't really brought, he hadn't really brought a whole lot. You know, and they looked awful, lethargic, predictable. <laughs> so nothing of excitement, you know, nothing of excitement. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Raiders are going to be in for the rest. They're going to be in for a tough, tough end of the year, that's for sure. Detroit, on the other hand, has looked at, like, one of the best teams in the league, and I did say that after they beat the Chiefs in the very first week, so I'm not surprised at all with their success. The Lions have been absolutely amazing, been a top team since week one, and Jerry Goff has found a nice home in Detroit that's been able to, you know, allow him to be him, and he's been able to, you know, have various pieces around him, you know, and Jameer, Jameer Gibbs has looked amazing. A lot of people clown that pick, you know, when they made it, but he's showing why he's worth that every single game, especially over these past two games, you know. They still have Mon, Mon Ross St. Brown, you know, and they have Sam Laporta. Like, they have pieces there. That defense is really, really good. You know, a lot of people don't give them the credit they deserve on that, but the defense is really, really good. So... That concludes our week eight breakdown. We're going to get a little bit into the trade deadline. It wasn't a whole lot that happened, honestly. I mean, Washington basically sold their two best defensive players. Uh, the 49ers got Chase Young, basically, for some spare parts. But it does give them another opportunity to see, you know, what he looks like next to Nick Bosa and some of their other pieces, Eric Armstead, as well as some of their other pieces on their D-line and on their defense overall. Just kind of see where he's at and, you know, if they want to re-sign him when, when it's all said and over with. But, I mean, that's he had been playing really well this year for Washington. You know, they wasn't really confident, you know, confident in re-signing him. Obviously, they had declined his, you know, fifth-year option and things of that nature. But this gives the 49ers basically a sense to kind of see where he's at and, you know, how good he could be if they do want to resign him. But if they don't, then they obviously still get a pick. And then, you know, Chase Young can go get paid if he performs really, really well. So it's a win-win situation for everybody all around. You know, but that just made the 49ers defense even more monstrous. You know, and I definitely think that that is going to take them to yet another level. You know, to have another defensive end that can go get his. You know, that can go sack quarterback, provide pressure, take pressure off of Nick Bosa because, you know, one of you know, you can't guard both of them, man. Like, one of them is going to eat. So, very excited about that. That they also shipped Montez Sweat off to the Bears and they've already re-signed. They've already, well, they've already re-signed into a contract, you know, as well. So, he was playing pretty well for the commander, commanders as well, you know, but just they didn't really want to pay him. This <laughs> is why, you know, they didn't sign, you know, sign either him before the end of the, the beginning of the season or decline the options and kind of decline the option on Chase Young and then just didn't resign Montel Sweat to another contract extension. So we're going to be able to see how he looks like in, you know, Chicago's defense. And obviously it'll be for many years to come. And I think he could definitely be a piece because that's something that Chicago has been missing is somebody who can constantly get pressure off the edge. <laughs> They need somebody they can go do, and I think Montez Sweat can do that because he's a very good player. He just wasn't, doesn't get a lot of shine, obviously, neither him nor Chase Young because, I mean, they played for the Commanders. I mean, you know, Commanders really, 
were a laughing stock here there for a moment. You know, they've been able to get some respectability back this year because of the ownership and then some, you know, bringing in Eric BNM and things of that nature. So, and that they were playing pretty well with Sam Howell as quarterback, at quarterback as well. So, but, you know, they didn't get a whole lot of shine. So now with, you know, being on these different teams, they will get a little bit more shine and seeing a little bit more, you know. So excited about that for sure. Seahawks also made a trade for Leonard Williams from the Giants. I mean, he goes from basically a losing situation to a winning one. You know, he gets to put on the Seattle's D-line. So kind of just to get to see where he's at and kind of go from there, you know. That, that's it. I mean, then we also had the Minnesota Vikings trade for Joshua Dobbs like we talked about a little bit earlier. We were going through our weekly, you know, breakdown in games. That should be a really good move for him. I mean, Joshua Joss has been able to be in, come in and be a spot starter pretty much every location he's been at. He was doing that for Arizona. He did help them get their only win they have on the season. Excuse me, and it was against a very highly thought-after team, the Cowboys, you know. So while it's not going to be Kirk Cousins, you know, you can't really expect to have Kirk Cousins. I do think that they did pretty well by getting that option, of course. Um but it's, it's going to be tough for him regardless, you know. But he has a lot of different pieces to work with, though. And like I said, Justin Jefferson will be coming back. So that'll be exciting for, for them to be able to see how that works out. And, you know, it'll, it'll all come together for him. Minnesota, Minnesota plays the ball this week. And I think Joshua Johnson step in and kind of still help them, you know, play ball like they want to. So... But other than that, the rest of the trade deadline was relatively quiet, to be honest. <laughs> Not a whole lot happened, so that's pretty much it for that. I mean, Rasul Douglas went from the Packers to the Bills. You know, that you can never have enough corners, so that happened. <laughs> the NBA is back, like we've been waiting for. So finally, the NBA is back. Very, very excited about that, you know. Obviously, the biggest thing was Wimby and some of these other rookies. But I think sometimes people don't give them, you know, the grace and the patience to really grow and acclimate to the game, you know. Some people, I mean, yes, you, you expect of their first round, you know, first round pick or the first overall pick, yeah, to come in and perform immediately. But that doesn't always happen. Sometimes it takes these guys the entire rookie season or a sophomore season or even a junior season before you start seeing signs of growth or life or whatever you were seeing when they were at the college game or in the European game or the G League or, you know, whatever. You know, you've got to allow these guys time to grow, to acclimate, and to, you know, learn what it takes to be a professional (laughs) and to play their role, whatever their role is on their team. You can't always automatically expect them to come in and be a savior right away. You know, the, yeah, he just, you know, Wimby, he had that pretty bad first game or whatever. It was like, oh, my gosh, he's a bust, whatever. Then he comes out, he has a 30, you know, plus point explosion. Oh, my gosh, you know, he's he better than LeBron and MJ. It's like, you see how vastly different that was just in the span of just a couple of days. It's like, you just got to give the guys time, you know. I get it. With the first overall pick, you know, you're expecting a lot. You know, because you are the number one overall pick. However, <laughs> you still have to allow them time to grow. Period. Teams have been the teams have been amazing. So, like Celtics, for instance, you know they made the trade for Drew Holiday and they put Kristaps Porzingis and they've looked 
very dangerous. <laughs> like, because you still have to remember that team still had Jason Tatum and they still have Jalen Brown. And then they still have a bunch of different pieces that are coming off the bench that are able to be helpful for them. They they had a four they have a four and zero start, so they've looked really really good. Seventy sixers same thing three and one. You know Joel and Bead being there, as long as they have the MVP, as long as they have an MVP <laughs> and a perennial MVP candidate, they gonna always be in contention anyway. The Bucks they got Dame Lillard obviously, so that added just another dimension to them. I think it's gonna take them a couple. Probably a couple weeks to months for Dame and Giannis to really learn how to play together and off one another. But it's a very, it's a good pairing overall. Um, The Hawks have looked really good. You know, Trey Young, Ice Trey, and everything has looked really, really good. So the Knicks have kind of not looked as good this year. You know, the Heat, because they're just... I don't know, man. Like, it, it, he just, they play terrible, but then they can always come out and they do something amazing towards the end of the, you know, the end and, you know, end up in the playoffs and then end up in the freaking finals. You're just like, how does this even happen? The Knicks, you know, with all the talent that's there, you're kind of surprised that there's slow start, you know, with Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, RJ Barrett, you know, just to name a few. So it's just like they've they've had this kind of slow, lackadaisical start, to say the least. But I do think they're going to be able to pick it up, obviously. You know, they always end up figuring it out. You know, the Nuggets, the Warriors, and the Mavericks on the Western Conference, and the Pelicans as well, have looked really, really strong. Um, Teams that kind of been surprising, you know, the Suns, <laughs> they've not really played all that well, but they've not had all their pieces either. Devin Booker, I believe, played like the very first game, first or second game, and then after that he's been out for a minute, and they just, you know, came back. So trying to work his way back, and then Bradley Bill, we've not even seen him with Katie and Devin Booker yet. So Spurs have been really good, you know, surprise kind of team so far, but Wimby has been – Pretty decent for him so far, you know. He's figuring it out slowly but surely. The Grizzlies have just been terrible, you know. Uh, who knew, you know, Joe, who knew Jaw was such a very, very important piece of that team because they've not been able to win a game, um, you know. But it's still early in the season for all these teams, so we're just gonna keep, you know, watching and developing. The Nuggets are obviously gonna be the Nuggets, though, <laughs> you know, defending NBA champions, Mavericks, you know, finally Kyrie being there, being back, help Luca out. So, very excited about that. The Warriors, you know, this may be their last hurrah. So, see how Steph, Clay, and Dre Mon are going to go out with a bang, essentially. And then Zion Williamson, let's see how healthy he could be for the season, you know. Because I think the Pelicans have the potential. They've had the potential since they drafted him and had Brandon Ingram and then added C.J. McCollum down there as well to be a really good team but then Zion would always get hurt and it would just end up falling apart you know which is another reason why Lonzo wasn't able to you know stay down there long because they looked really good you know but then Zion got hurt then Lonzo got traded and Lonzo is, is injured himself you know but it's hopefully we can actually see the potential <laughs> you know be able to see that team really come together this whole year and then lastly, we had Jay's Harner finally got his wish right. He finally was able to get sent from the 76ers to the Clippers. Basically, you know, for some 
depth pieces essentially for the 76ers that will end up probably being a little bit more valuable than even James Harden would because he was unhappy apparently yet again essentially with his situation I think it's a to be determined for the Clippers side I think on the 76ers they got a lot of good pieces that are going to be able to help them and be able to be inserted in very easily and provide them various things. So Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nick Batum, KJ Martin, and then and getting some later, you know, picks and things like that in later years. But I do think overall that for the 76ers, it's about a, it's about a, I'm going to say a B plus, you know, because they do have pieces that can be plug and play. They can come off their bench. They can start. They can provide them, you know, defense. They can, they can do offensive things. They can make it happen. So I do believe that this is something that was, good for the 76ers especially they were able to get rid of Harden essentially because he wasn't happy you don't want that in your locker room long term Clippers on the other hand I think it really is going to come excuse me come down to how healthy the Clippers can stay um because you know Kawhi and Paul George have dealt with various injuries over their Clippers tenure and that's why they really haven't went anywhere the last time we thought they were going to go somewhere is during the bubble season you know so and I think it's going to come down to how happy Harden is going to be able to remain to stay. He's happy right now and excited and all that stuff. But how long is that really going to stay? You know, how long is that going to stay? Is he going to start pouting if they start losing games or if he's not getting the ball as much or he's not able to be as involved as he would think, you know, because now you have Russell Westbrook is also on that team. You have James Harden. You have PG. And then you have Kawhi. I just think that's a lot of different personalities gelling. And we've kind of seen how it is with the Lakers when when Westbrook was there. They had AD. They had LeBron. It was a lot of different personalities of gel that did not end up working. Doesn't mean that it won't work on the Clippers. But I think it's just a lot of guys that need the ball, especially Harden and Westbrook, to really be most effective. And, you know, Harden not one to pout and quit, you know, when he doesn't get his way. And I don't know, we'll say March, you know, or February, you know, how involved is he still going to want to be? And then he, can he get, can he not have the injury bug nip in? So it, it's a to be determined uh, grade for the Clippers, I do believe. But I do think the 76ers got to be plus out of it for sure. So, but that is all that I have for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening and always showing love and support. I appreciate it so, so much. I love getting on here. And I'm looking forward to being on here for the next couple of weeks as we continuously keep going through the rest of the season. I'm so excited to be back. And I thank y'all so much for all your love and support because it means everything. So thank you so much for all that y'all do, for listening, for tuning in, for liking, for sharing, for commenting, for following. For just being who y'all are. So thank y'all so much. I hope y'all have a great and blessed day. And I'm going to see y'all in the next one. Peace.